Hey, this is Todd Brown. Hi, this is Laura Betterly. Hello, this is uh, Brian Honigman from brianhonigman.com, and you're listening to Traffic Jam. Coming to you in your speakers from Dubai to all around the globe. This is James Reynolds Traffic Jam Podcast. Five, four, three, two, one. Hey, what's up, listeners? Welcome back to Traffic Jam. This is episode 61 of the podcast that helps you build and grow a profitable audience online. I am, as always, your host, James Reynolds, and I'm excited for another awesome show that we have lined up today. But before we get to the show itself, let me just send a couple of high fives out into the Traffic Jam community. The first one to Julie, who commented on the Yarrow Starak episode, and the second one to Chal, who commented on the Mike Rhodes episode. Thank you to you both for providing such awesome feedback. I really do appreciate that. And remember to you, the listener, the episode page for each show is the place to comment, ask questions and to access all the extra bonuses that come with every single show. Because each week we painstakingly put together a full word for word transcript to the show We add a downloadable MP3 file just in case you want to save the show to your computer and don't want to stream via iTunes or Stitcher or one of those places. And we add some special bonus training to really help you take the ideas and methodologies that are presented in the show to even greater heights, all of which are available to download for free from the episode page itself. So you may be asking, well, how do I get to that? Well, it's very simple. In this instance, go to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 61. That's trafficjamcast.com forward slash the number 61. And to access the bonus training for any of the other episodes, same thing, trafficjamcast.com forward slash the episode number. So before we get started today, head on over to the episode page, grab the MP3 if you wish, grab the transcript to the show, but also grab the special bonus download, the uh, content upgrade that comes with this show, and then be ready to listen on to this episode. The Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. Okay, so now to introduce our guest for episode 61. His name is Brian Honigman, and he's a marketing consultant, freelance writer, and professional speaker. He works with both startups and brands at improving their content marketing, social media, and search engine optimization efforts. He's spoken at NYU, UNICEF, Huffington Post Live, the American Advertising Federation, and for organizations and conferences all over the world. He's also a contributing writer to Entrepreneur, Huffington Post, Forbes, The Next Web, Wall Street Journal and others. So you interested to know how he got those writing opportunities? Well, it's your lucky day because that's the topic of today's interview. We're going to be talking content syndication, how to take your own content 
and get it syndicated to major media channels for wider exposure. So that's what's coming up. So without any further ado, let's introduce our guest for today. His name is, as of course, Brian Honigman, and we're talking content syndication. Hey there, welcome back listeners. You're tuned into episode 61 of Traffic Jam and joining me today is Brian Honigman. Brian, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me, James. Great to have you here. Well, as always, I'm going to dive straight into the content and it's actually content syndication that I want to talk to you about today, just to kind of set the scene, because these types of terms do get banded around quite a lot. What's the difference between content distribution and content syndication? Um, Well, content syndication is actually a form of content distribution. So content distribution is just uh, you know, utilizing the content that you've created on behalf of your your brand or, or to reach your audience and, and distributing it where they are, you know, where they put give their attention, where they're active, where they're reading or uh, watching video, et cetera, just wherever your audience is spending time. The, the act of content syndication as a form of content distribution, content syndication is basically producing your own content on, on uh, your own properties and then having different partners uh, republishing that content elsewhere. So I think uh, listeners would probably be most uh, familiar with the idea of content syndication on, on TV, right? Uh, Seinfeld is probably one of the most uh, syndicated television shows ever. Um, and, you know, I, I don't know off the top of my head what, what initial channel they were on, but years and years after, it is, they are, their show is replayed on other uh, TV networks, um, giving them, you know, more visibility, a larger audience to 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 see their their show. Um, you know, marketers and business owners can kind of uh, do a similar thing in a variety of ways, either with video content, blog content, which will be the main focus as, as, as I describe content syndication. But um, you know, basically, in a nutshell, it's the way of producing your own content and then having it republished with your permission elsewhere to achieve a couple different goals. Nice. Well, you've begun to answer my next question, which is, you know, why after putting all this sort of time and effort and energy into your own content, why give that content to other people for them to gain the benefit of it? And I guess it is that exposure, right? I mean, really what we're talking about is taking an asset that you own and giving it wider distribution and getting it more eyeballs. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, absolutely. And I think you brought up a common concern, um, you know, I think the whole process of content syndication has to be very strategic. I wouldn't say, you know, creating a blog post and then having it republished on 50 blogs is uh, of real worth. I think you have to be have a very specific plan in mind and, and understand why you're doing content, using content syndication to get uh, greater visibility. But in a, in a nutshell, um, you want to uh, republish your content with partners that reach the audience that you are trying to reach. Um, you want to uh, ensure that you get credit for the, you know, as the owner of the original content, and you want to make sure that these partners are actually, um, you know, uh, destinations that actually get um, traffic, that get uh, in- engagement with their content. Because what's the point of republishing, you know, a blog post, let's say, on on a website that doesn't really get uh, any traffic or doesn't, you know, serve the same audience? Then, you know, that's when 
you know, kind of spreading, spreading the content you spend so much time on isn't worth it. So you have to be very strategic in that approach uh, and pick and choose what you want to keep as your own solely or, and other content you want to syndicate. I've seen blogs that do not practice uh, syndication with all of their content. They choose only some of it. They think that will do, you know, it do better than others. Um, it's, it's important to incorporate content syndication as part of a greater uh, marketing strategy, right? It's not just like the sole channel, but uh, one of many that can help, you know, really drive results. Yeah. Well, let's loop back to strategy in a moment. I certainly want to sort of dig a little bit deeper on evaluating potential syndication partners and what criteria you might have in place to sort of pick out what would be good syndication relationships and what might not be. But let's mm -hmm. kind of move things forward a little bit by talking about the kind of nuts and bolts process of getting your content syndicated. Do you have yourself, Brian, a formula that our listener could follow for kind of hooking up these syndication relationships? Yeah, sure. Uh, it's definitely a long process. Um, definitely not something that's, that happens overnight. But um, basically, you're if you must be creating, uh, let's talk about uh, blog content specifically. There's many different types of syndication, video syndication, et cetera. But this, um, you know, definitely is applicable to different types, but I'm going to be talking solely about, you know, with your blog. Uh, with your blog, I think it's important for, for you to be producing content um, for the long term. So uh, consistently creating valuable assets that, um, you know, drive interaction with your audience. Um, from that point, um, you want to start to transition to building relationships with other blogs, publications, and, and voices in the space in your industry um, that would potentially, uh, you know, be interested in syndicating your content. So that process involves a lot of relationship building. Um, uh, also, guest blogging. Guest blogging is typically, when it comes to the syndication of your blog content, one of the best ways to transition into. Uh, this whole process. So that, that's something that I've done and I, I've worked with many clients in the past on doing um, for my, my consultancy. Basically, you know, you're creating your own content and then in order to, you know, reach out and, and, and reach the, uh, you know, a similar audience to your own and, and generate more views on your content, uh, visibility of that your business exists and is creating content to serve a particular audience, it's great to uh, use guest blogging. Now, guest blogging is a lot of work, right? Because you're not only creating original content for your own blog, but then you're kind of you're creating original content for the blogs of others that drives you know results back to you as well. And it's a great tactic, and I, I definitely think there's uh, you know some really uh, great benefits to doing it in the long term. But it requires a lot of work and and uh, a lot of assets and, and time, which are limited. Uh, for everyone. So syndication is a natural evolution from guest blogging where, you know, once you've been creating content on your own site, you start to reach out to relevant other sites. They are allowing you to, to blog on their platforms their, for their blogs. And then once you've kind of built up rapport with them, uh, with these editors, with these blog managers, content managers, um, then it'll be much more easy to say, hey, uh, is are you open for the you know the potential of syndicating content as opposed as in addition to the original content I've been producing for your website up to this point? So um, it typically requires a little bit of trust. That's why the you know a, a higher level of trust rather uh, than uh, just you know reaching out to a website blindly unless you have you know a, a really big uh, brand behind you, a large audience that you can really demonstrate. 
the value of syndication. So it can work, but it's easiest to work once you've already established relationships um, with the other, you know, uh, blogs and publications that you want to syndicate with. And guest blogging is a really great way to kind of bridge that gap and establish that relationship. Well, it certainly sounds like a sequential process. It's not like a, a shortcut here, is there? You really got to, first yeah. of all, have some proof of quality content before you can even approach those guest blogging opportunities. And I guess once you've managed to sort of hook up some of those guest blog posts, you then got proof of, well, these have gained a little bit of traction. We've also had perhaps right. a bit of interaction. People have enjoyed them. Then the next step is, well, hey, how do we leverage this? And perhaps I can give you regular stuff, which you can just re-syndicate. seems to be kind of how it works, right? Yeah, it, it's a definitely a slow transition. Um, and I don't want to say... You know, you know that initial proof that you know your content will resonate with their audience and has resonated with yours in the past. It, it, that doesn't mean your blog has to have you know three million unique visitors a month. But what it does require is that you are consistently publishing um, and that your content is of quality to a particular audience. I think those are the without a doubt requirements. Yes, the larger you know, if you have you know very active blog with a large audience that is very easy to illustrate. Yes, that certainly will help. But at the end of the day, what's most important is the quality. Yeah. And I guess the other opportunity is if you don't have a good blog following and a proven track record of content, you could just go out and create something, right? And submit that as your proof. I guess that would be another strategy you could implement. Absolutely. So what are some of the key points then to sort of evaluating potential syndication partners? You did um, touch upon a few and that is of course that they have an audience because there's no point syndicating to a blog that no one's actually looking at but what might some of the other criteria be in sort of selecting who might be an appropriate partner for syndication sure uh, so I touched on this a little bit already in the sense that you want to definitely first and foremost choose partners where they reach a, a similar audience to your own so if you know you're uh, in one industry and the other blog and publication reaches a completely different industry that you're not trying to reach and has no value for your, your offerings as a business. And that really doesn't make sense. Um, so first and foremost, you want to pick a match um, in terms of the audience they're reaching. It doesn't have to be 100% exactly the same. Um, but I mean, you know, if you're trying to reach, you know, email marketers, let's say, or you're trying to reach um, brand managers, uh, and this blog or publication reaches marketers in general, then that's fine. That that's that it doesn't have to be you know a hundred percent match, but it should be very pretty pretty similar um, in an audience you reach, or or you won't get any value out of you know going through this effort. Um, and then another really important consideration is: does this publication or blog actually even syndicate content? Not all blogs uh, choose to do so. Um, so how do you find that out? Um, Looking at their content, seeing if you can see any content on there that has been syndicated in the past, which is typically illustrated with, um, you know, within the article, it'll either say at the bottom or the very uh, top of the piece, it'll say, you know, something along the lines of this article was originally published on this blog, and it'll have a link to that original article, making sure that they get due credit for their work. Um, that's always a good sign as to, um, you know, if the blog actually does accept syndicated content. Uh, also, kind of pointing back to establishing relationships, if you have a relationship with this blog in any capacity and you have some individual you can reach out to, you can kind of just ask them 
since they're already, you know, in touch with you in some capacity. Whereas in other cases, it, it it's likely have to, it's going to be some blind outreach, right? Some places love to do it. Other places are against it. Um, it really just depends on, you know, what, what where the publication is at and, and what they're looking to, to accomplish. So, um, I know like a, a big publication like Huffington Post uh, often syndicates content from other sources. And uh, I found that out just by looking at, you know, following authors on the, uh, writers on there that I, you know, value, you know, their insights. And I saw, hey, look at the bottom of their article. It says the article was originally published on their blog or for some other place that they write for. And um, that was indication enough to, to you know, do it, do it my own. But um, yes, yeah, so understanding if there is an audience match if they actually do syndicate, um, and then just getting the right contact info um, is probably the best the, the best uh, way to do so. Uh, is the is the things that I consider when when matching up um, with partners and kind of a tactical approach to the whole identifying partners uh, aspect of content syndication is when I'm creating blog content for my own blog or for you know another uh, another, another blog. Um, for a client, I often think about okay. So we're writing this blog article, and I always want to ensure that it's that it's going to be of relevancy to is relevant to my own audience. But can we, from the beginning, as we brainstorm this article and start begin, uh, you know beginning to write it, will it b- benefit another audience of the places I currently or in the future would like to syndicate to? So if for instance, I am writing an article on my blog that I plan to ideally, fingers crossed, have pub- uh, republished on the Huffington Post. I will keep that in mind to ensure that from the beginning, my article is of worth to my audience, but also I'm catering it to the style, kind of style guide and um, you know audience interests of uh, the Huff Post in, in this example. But uh, that's something that I always like to keep in mind so that you know, in the end, when I have I produce this article for my site, I want to make sure that it, it still matches the, the interests of another audience as well. Otherwise, um, they could potentially say no and say it's not a match. And that's something in the world that will happen. But uh, if you, you know, plan to really tackle syndication, it's always really important to keep it in mind from the beginning. Yeah. Well, interestingly, as we talk about Huffington Post, I know, of course, obviously, as you said, it's one of the sites that you syndicate to. Another one, to my knowledge, is NextWeb. And those two sites are quite different, right? I mean, you've got Huffington Post, which is this kind of big behemoth of a site with a huge audience, but spanning a lot of different topics. Whereas NextWeb is probably a smaller website, but a lot more niche focused. So I guess one has gone after the audience and one perhaps has gone after the particular sort of demographic an audience type that you want what have been your sort of differing results between the two like if you were to weigh one up against the other which would you take first yeah i mean i think that's a uh, pretty interesting example to pull out there and, and something for others to definitely keep in mind is that you want to be um you know syndicating content on different types of blogs and publication in, in your space so for instance the huffington post is a much more uh well-known brand, larger publication, adds a lot of credibility to the content that we're producing for it. It's a great way for myself um, or anyone else who syndicates on it to be like, you know, hey, I, I contribute content regularly to the Huffington Post. The, the difference is that since it is such a large publication, once you do have content published on it, it is far more difficult to even get that content, uh, the visibility you think it deserves because there's a lot of other competing content on that website. 
Let's say, for example, you know, Huffington Post is a massive content producer. They probably publish about a thousand articles a day, whereas a smaller niche publication like the Next Web probably does something closer to you know a hundred or less. Mm-hmm. So you're competing on a far you know uh, larger scale with other content on the Huffington Post. So you're it's likely that your individual content on there won't get as much traffic uh, and, and traction and engagement on social media because you know, you're competing with a lot of other content on their site. Um, yet, uh, but uh, if for some reason, you know, you write something really wonderful um, and it gets, you know, the, the visibility deserves on the, on, the, on the Huffington Post or a publication of its size, it will be seen by a lot of people. It has the potential to, you know, re- reach a massive audience. You're just far more less likely to have that happen on a large publication like that. But there's still... You know, it's still beneficial to to, to publish there. Uh, you know, the tra- the visibility you do get, the the links are high value, the credibility stamp is there. Whereas with a with a more niche site, a more industry specific site um, like the Next Web, which is kind of tech and marketing focused, design focused publication, it has a much smaller audience. It's not as well known outside of the kind of like you know the tech space. Um, still highly credible. Uh, still a wonderful place to syndicate your content, um, but it's far more likely to each post to drive more traction for your business, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you're in this particular industry, um, because they're publishing a far less amount of content, so you're competing with less content. Um, the entire audience of the site is more, um, you know, uh, is is more likely the audience you're trying to reach when you're. Um, publishing on an industry like niche publication, the entire website is focused on the subjects that uh, you're publishing about, you're syndicating content about. Whereas on the Huffington Post, um, since they're such a large, you know, major publication, they're not only covering tech in this, as far as this example, but they're also covering politics, uh, business, food, religion, every all these different verticals that they have, you know, many different audiences that they're attending to. Whereas it's likely that a much larger percentage of the next web audience or another industry niche publications audience is uh, you know relevant to the content you're producing. Um, also, with the, the fact that they're producing a lot less content on a daily basis, your content is far more likely to get published on the homepage of their site, be featured in some capacity, be shared on social media with attribution to you. Um, whereas the Huffington Post. Or a larger publication like them is far less likely to tweet about that article on your behalf, or you know, share it on their Facebook page. They're far more likely to share their content they produce in house, and um, you know, content that's really you know generating a lot of traffic and visibility for the site. So um, it, it really depends. Um, you, know, I think the the best approach for someone who's approaching syndication for the best time for the first time is to. Um, syndicate with both large-scale publishers like the Huffington Post, but also focus on industry, uh, you know, niche-specific publications like the Next Web, because you're going to get uh, a variety of results, uh, all leading to good things. But you should have that uh, mix as a part of your, you know, content syndication plan. Yeah, that would certainly be my experience too. I mean, a couple of the sites mm-hmm. that 
I syndicate to. One is uh, Entrepreneur Middle East, which is, you know, relatively broad. It's obviously very business focused, but it's relatively sort of broad topic related. Another one that we work with is um, Communicate by Advertising Age, which is a smaller site by comparison, but is far more focused. I mean, everyone that's, you know, reading that magazine or, or looking at that website you know, is in the marketing space. And therefore, that's a very applicable audience to me. But would I trade either one of them? No, of course not. Because entrepreneur is that kind of, you know, also nice sort of credibility authority building site that gets bigger exposure. But the other one hits my perfect target audience. So I think that's um, certainly excellent advice. If you can kind of strike that balance, that's the perfect scenario to be in. Definitely. Let's talk about sort of types of content. I've found particular success with kind of visual content for syndication, especially sort of infographics and things like that. But in your experience, are there any types of content that particularly are well suited to content syndication? You're obviously doing a lot with blogs. You've also mentioned videos, but kind of what types of content might work? Um, so it depends on your goals, um, the goals of your blog and, and your organization. But uh, I found that uh, you know, blog content is, is online at least is probably one of the most syndicated. Um, I think second to that is uh, videos and visual. Where I but uh, every day video and visuals are quickly uh, rising in popularity in comparison to you know the written word and blog content. Um, but at the end of the day, uh, articles and written content still gets far more visibility. So uh, across the web and a lot more readership than, um, you know, a lot of this other uh, forms of content. So that's going to, you know, make a lot of editors and, um, you know, blog managers far more interested in syndicating um, blog content. That in many cases includes those video and visual elements as well. Um, One thing that I found that's worked is also from a networking perspective is including the insights of others in your industry. So not just like a roundup post or something like that, but, you know, if you're talking about, let's say you're talking about email marketing, um, including the insights of a, uh, you know, prolific, you know, influential email marketing expert within an article, you're not only networking with that individual, but I found that uh, it makes uh, a piece of uh, written content, like a blog post, far more, um, you know, uh, gets accepted more often. Um, from publications and blogs because they take that industry voice as a really great credibility source um, for your argument you're making in a piece and uh, you know further encourages them to syndicate it. So I would definitely um, consider uh, you know different sources of information, uh, quoting different sources of info uh, and, and individuals in your pieces because that's a really great way to you know further encourage that your content will be accepted. Yeah. And I guess the other real smart thing about that is if you do quote industry experts who themselves have a large following and an influential reach, if you happen to tell them about the fact that you've included them, there's also a good opportunity. They'll send plenty of people and traffic and visibility your way as well, right? Exactly. It's a it's a networking move for, for both of you. I mean, you're being, uh, you know, it's generosity uh, in the form of content. I actually... Funny enough, I wrote an article today for my blog at brianhoneyman.com slash blog um, about uh, using content marketing to network, to grow your professional network. And that's, you know, one great way. And that's kind of syndication in a sense of, you know, by including them and featuring them prominently and giving them some additional visibility, they'll like more likely 
than not share it with their audience, which is another great move for everyone involved. Well, of course, content syndication also has um, SEO benefits, right? I mean, it can also support search rankings. What are some of the SEO related syndication tips that you might have? And of course, are there any pitfalls to avoid as well when you're kind of putting the SEO slant on some of this stuff? Right. Well, with anything with SEO, I always, 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 always encourage uh, you know, to be cautious. If you do anything that's too focused on kind of gaming the search engine in any capacity, um, you know, it's high, highly likely that it'll be flagged and, you know, not actually help and potentially hurt uh, your, you know, efforts to, you know, optimize for the search engines. But it's important that all your content, you know, you have this in the back of your mind and just you got to focus on the right right approach. So uh, in terms of SEO, I think um, one really important concern is when possible, it's not always possible, but when syndicating with a partner, um, there's a canonical tag to have them add to their, uh, when, whenever they republish content on their site of your own, um, they can add a canonical tag that tells the search engine that um, it's a further indicator to let the search engine know that this isn't the original uh, home of the piece, and to give your original piece uh, the authority and the um, greater visibility in the search engine. So, yes, both pieces will rank, or however often it is. Say, if you publish, you know, have a piece of content syndicated three different places, all of those pieces will rank for you know keywords related to the subject. But um, with the canonical tag, you're telling Google, hey, you know. This is definitely, you know, we, we've given express permission for this to be published out there, but also we would like the kind of, uh, uh, what's the, we, we, we're, we're the original piece, so uh, this is what should get priority in the search results. Uh, that's an important concern. I don't think it's, you're going to get hurt um, if you don't use that. And some publications don't, I don't have the, they don't have the technical or some blogs that I've worked with and syndicate with don't even know what that means and you know <laughs> they they're not really open to such changes where other other one there's a lot of plugins that you can use to d- deal with this um, but typically in the instructions uh, given by Google on the whole topic of syndication um, they say that as long as the you include that link in the post that says hey this is either at the bottom of the top that says you know some form of you know, uh, this article was originally published on Brian Heineman's blog. You know, a version of this piece was originally published on Brian Heineman's blog and a link to that original piece. Typically, that's good enough for the search, en- search engines to understand that this is a syndicated piece and to, you know, uh, rank it accordingly. Um, but the canonical tag is, a, is another extra step. It's always nice to have, but not 100% required if you can't, you know, get the uh, other partner to deal with it as well. Uh, it's a little bit tricky it depends on their you know how sophisticated they are i guess but it's a a must have it's a a nice to have rather than a must have yeah totally and i'm sure plenty of people's eyes will be spinning at sort of technical code like rel equals canonical but um uh, let's get close to wrapping things up before we do that i want to ask you about how this might apply perhaps to a local business owner for whom kind of you know, only a small percentage of their potential target market might be on some of these at least bigger publications, especially, you know, a Huffington Post or, or, or a site like that. Where do you suggest that 
they get started if indeed you do suggest they get started with content syndication? Um, so it's not for everyone, right? I want to make that clear. I think it depends on what your goals are and your bandwidth for creating content. Uh, you don't want to do it once. You want to do it many times and very consistently. So if you don't have the bandwidth to create content on a regular basis um, and then continue to syndicate it from there on a regular basis, then you know it's a long-term thing. So I don't think it's for everyone. If you don't have the bandwidth, then it's certainly okay to skip it. And blogging on its own is still valuable as well. This is just another added you know tool for distribution. Um, what I would suggest for small businesses is... Uh, mainly using uh, content syndication to help build their visibility online. So um, the inbound links, the traffic to your site uh, can help build a more robust profile for your website that may not have many links to it or may not often be visited um, you know, by members of your audience. But if you're on a publication or could be something, you know, a small, a small blog in your area, maybe if you're, you were in, you know, uh, you know, Brooklyn, for instance, there's a lot of local Brooklyn blogs that cover small business needs. See if they ever, uh, like news, see if they ever syndicate content, see if they're interested in, in um, anyone producing content for their site. Just start to build a relationship with them. Um, either way, it'll be beneficial in some capacity. Um, it, it, it's just really important to you know start small, um, realize that if that one article doesn't move the needle for you, um, that's syndicated, that over time, uh, this whole process can help you know, make your um, website a more powerful tool for helping to market your business. And, and not to mention a stamp of credibility. Uh, which business owner would you be more um, interested in doing business with if one was written, uh, has written for the Huffington Post? Um, and some other or some other publication in the industry, as opposed to the same business owner who owns a similar business but hasn't been published anywhere. So it's definitely a great uh, credibility tool, and you know, like another stamp of approval that you can get from a third-party source to help further, you know, validate um, your expertise and you know your standing within the industry. Yeah, well, that's certainly been something I'm sure has been of huge benefit to you, Brian. I mean, now you've got those relationships in place and you can say that you've, you know, been published on Huffington Post and Wall Street Journal and some of the other places that you've appeared. But, you know, just to kind of wrap this whole topic up, what have some of those spin-offs been? I mean, are you really able to attribute some of this content syndication, you know, down to revenue in your pocket or increased traffic to your website? What have been this kind of the spin-off results for, for you and your business? Sure. Um, well, I definitely think without a doubt producing content, um, both on my blog, guest blogging, and then having it syndicated has been one of the main growth drivers for my entire business. Um, I've been blogging, writing for probably three years plus now. And, um, the content, um, across my site and elsewhere, um, you know, ranks for relevant keywords in the search engines, um, is shared on social media often so that, um, I typically, I probably, probably 80% of the people that reach out to me as opposed to the other people that are just in my network or from referrals reach out to me because they saw blog content, um, that was ranking in the search engines or they saw it on social media cause someone shared it. And that's typically, um, a source of all my inbound leads. 
Um, they're already these customers are already interested in my offerings. Um, it's not a hard sell now that they've kind of learned something from me. Sometimes uh, a client will reach out after having followed my content on a particular site for months or years, and they'll say, "Hey, I've been following you on this site for a long time. You've taught me a lot." Now I need help with your marketing expertise for X, Y, and Z. Um, we'd love to, you know, work together, and that makes, you know, um, helps me land clients. It helps make the initial conversations a lot easier because we already have kind of an established rapport, if you will. Um, and I, I think it's been, you know, really wonderful. Um, leads to a lot of great things. I've been able to establish other relationships from with other individuals in the industry. I've been able to. Uh, get press me- me- mentions um, just because if you produce enough content on a particular uh, subject matter, you slowly get started uh, to be like associated with uh, someone who knows what they're talking about in that particular field. So uh, it's been a really great benefit uh, for my efforts, and I, I can't recommend it enough. Um, just an ex- example. Um, of the content I'm producing, um, last year, um, my content in the search engine, so content on my blog, content on other uh, websites that I've written, um, when it's ranking in the search engines and Google, uh, it's clicked on over 500,000 times a year. So, so that's only a metric of you know someone's clicking on an article and reading. It doesn't necessarily mean they read the whole thing. Maybe they bounced right away, etc. But that's a lot of potential interaction has led to um, a lot of visibility from from that. So I, I certainly implore others to um, you know definitely experiment with creating content on a consistent basis and, and seeing what works and seeing what doesn't. Yeah, cool. Well, also certainly inspiring for someone who has uh, only been really writing for the past sort of two or three years and from what I understand kind of hated writing until he passed through school a bit like me um, I think it's quite inspiring for others to get on board and try some of this stuff themselves so Brian I think this is a, a good juncture to perhaps send people off somewhere where you live on the web I guess that would be your website brianhodigman.com or is there anywhere else that you'd like to suggest our listeners head off to? Yeah, no, that uh, brianhoningman.com slash blog. I, at this point, I'm producing um, content on there about once a week um, on all these different subjects. Uh, so I, I have an article about content syndication. If you want to kind of review the process we went over already today, that'll be helpful. And um, I'm also very, very active on Twitter. Um, you can always reach me there. It's just twitter.com slash brianhoningman. Perfect. Well, to you, the listener, uh, Brian's website, his Twitter profile and some of the other resources mentioned in today's show will also be listed on the episode page for this show, which you'll get to by going to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 61. So trafficjamcast.com forward slash 61. That's it. I think all that remains is for me to thank you for coming on, Brian. Super stoked that we connected and uh, this was a blast. Thanks for sharing so much. I had a great time. Thanks for having me. 
So welcome back, listener. There you go. That was Brian Honigman from brianhonigman.com. Now, be sure to check out Brian's website and his social profiles that are included in the episode page of Traffic Jam 61. And also contained on that page is a special bonus for you to help you really get started fast with content syndication. I've prepared 52 of my very favorite Google search strings that will help you find guest posting and content syndication opportunities faster. So to get your hands on that and of course to join in on the discussion for this episode go to trafficjamcast.com forward slash 61 that's trafficjamcast.com forward slash the number six one now of course we will be back with another episode of traffic jam next week with another awesome guest lined up for you but to play out this week's show we do have as always a traffic jam it is of course chosen by our guest brian honigman and he's gone for a very recent and up-to-date track he's gone for charlie xcx and the track boom clap so enjoy that and i'll catch you back here again real soon
You've been listening to the Traffic Jam Podcast with James Reynolds. To know more about this program and to subscribe for future episodes, check out the website, trafficjamcast.com. Traffic